this phrase, we've heard this verse, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. Has anyone ever heard that before? So many of us, if you've grown up in church, you've been around pastors, you've heard this message preached, you've heard folks quote it, you've heard people talk about it, they've used it for altar calls, all that stuff. Well, can I tell y'all rule 101 for Bible study? Read all the verses around it. Can I tell y'all how mad I got when I grew up, got grown, and read all the verses around it and realized all these pastors that have been preaching me this stuff either hadn't read the verses or chose to ignore them? I'm going to read this one more time. Come, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Though they're red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. Well, for me, when I'm doing Bible study, the first thing I want to know is, what are my sins that are scarlet? You says, I will make them white as snow. What is them? What are the things you're talking about? Though they are red, what's red like crimson? I will make them white as wool. Okay, Jesus, I hear you. Now I want to ask the question, what are the things that you are talking about? So let's look at the rest of this verse and see what God was saying in Isaiah. So in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 11, going back, it says, what makes you think I want all of your sacrifices? God has an attitude. I'm sick of your burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened cattle. I get no pleasure from the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to worship me, who asked you to parade through my courts with all your ceremony? Stop bringing me your meaningless gifts. This incense of your offerings disgust me. You know, we preach about, you know, offering God a sweet-smelling aroma, right? And here he's saying, yeah, that, that, the stuff you offer me right now actually disgusts me. Ask for your celebrations of the new moon and the Sabbath. In your special days for fasting, they are sinful and false. I want no more of your pious meetings. I hate your new moon celebrations, your annual festivals. They are a burden to me. I can't stand them. You know, when you're doing all that stuff and you think you're doing it for God. Mm. When you lift up your hands in prayer, I won't even look. Though you offer many prayers, I will not listen for your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims. And the verse right before says, wash yourselves, be clean, get your sins out of my sight. Well, God, what are my sins? Give up your evil ways. God, what are my evil ways? He says, learn to do good. Seek justice. Help the oppressed. Defend the cause of orphans. Fight for the rights of widows. Oh, then when we go back and we see this verse, though your, skins, your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Because I haven't been learning to do good. My sins that are red as crimson, I haven't been seeking justice. Oh, I will make them white as wool. Because you know what you haven't been doing? Helping the oppressed. Defending the orphan. Protecting the widow. That scripture takes on a whole new connotation. People will sit here and look at me in my face and try to tell me the Bible does not talk about social justice. And I ask them, what Bible have you been reading? <laughs> Seriously. Because people really want to argue with me, and I don't do arguments. I do facts. Show me in the Bible where it don't say that. Because I got a bunch of them to do, 
Oh, then I got folks, well, that's the Old Testament. That's the Old Testament. You know, we don't live, Pastor Jay, we don't live under the Old Testament no more. Oh, we don't. Oh, okay. Matthew 23 is in the New Testament, right? New Testament, okay. Jesus, we all know Jesus. Everybody know Jesus? Jesus, from his lips. Matthew 23, 23. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees? Hypocrites! For you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore the more important aspects of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. You should tithe, but check out what he says. Don't neglect the more important things. There's something more important than tithing? Now, y'all look, this ain't Pastor Jay's words, okay? This is Jesus. Don't neglect the, most, the more important things. Yes, you should tithe. Yes, you should be faithful to your church. Yes, you should be a giver. Yes, you should volunteer your time. That's wonderful. That's great. Religious figures do that everywhere. But I got news for you. We don't want to be a religious church. And I don't want to be a pastor of a religious church. I want to be a pastor of a church that Jesus says you care about the more important things such as justice, mercy, and faith. That's why I do this wherever he opens the door. That's why I push people and challenge them to pay attention to what the full Bible tells us. Stop picking and choosing. It's something in there for every last one of us. So here's the thing. Our nonprofit and what we do in ministry, period. If you catch me and Pastor Sonia, these are the five points of our life that we care about. Things outside of this, I don't pay too much attention to. This is my life's calling. I'm going to do everything possible to learn how to treat people well. I ask questions. I try to spend time with folks. I try to figure out how do you like to be spoken to? How do you like to be worked with? What works best for you if I've got a problem? Why? Because I want to learn how to do good by you. I'm committed to seeking justice. I want to see the right things happen to the right people, and I want to see the right things happen to the wrong people. When I speak of social justice, if you ever hear that term come out of my mouth, I am not speaking of equal outcomes. I'm speaking of equal access. Equal outcomes is based on how bad you want it. Equal outcomes is based on how hard you're willing to work. Equal outcomes is based on how much sleep are you willing to go without to get what you want. Equal access means I want opportunities to have the same education you have. Amen. Equal access is I want high paying jobs in my community. Why do I have to drive all the way to yours? Amen. Equal access is can I get a grocery store in North Chicago? Amen. Equal access. So if you hear me ever talk about social justice, we're talking about access because we all know that if you live in certain zip codes, you are more likely to have a certain type of education than if you live in others. That's not equal access. If you live in certain zip codes, you're more likely to have healthier food options than if you live in another one. That's not equal access. Now, if we give you equal access and you steal 450 pounds, that's your fault. You're not expecting equal outcomes. The person that goes and works out every day at the gym, looking nice, tight, and fit, and you walking around sitting on your couch 48 hours a day, you probably not going to have the same outcomes. Make sense? Access. 
You both can go to the same gym that's five miles away from your house. Outcomes. He did it, you didn't. That's what social justice is. That's what it's supposed to be about. Not all this other stuff that they're throwing out here. And again, Satan is having a field day. So we look to help the oppressed. Those that are navigating spaces where they're not able to move forward in a way that should be accessible to anybody that is living and breathing. We want to defend those that can't defend themselves. This is why here at this church, we've said that our three pillars are going to be children, teenagers and single moms. Why? Because in James, it says perfect religion, if you really want to get into it in the heart of God, is to take care of widows and orphans in their distress. We will be that church. We just want to align ourselves with God. Why is it easy here? Why do things grow? Why do things work? Because we get out the way and just align ourselves with what God wants. We challenge him with his word. Lord, you said you want to take care of widows and orphans. We want to do the same thing. Let's partner. And he says, that's all I wanted. I'll send you whatever you need as long as you line up with what I said I want to do. And the last thing is we want to fight for those without a voice. Very simple. Widows, back in the Bible, women that didn't have husbands had no voice. Many of them died because they had no means of taking care of themselves, which is why they would typically marry the brother of the husband who died because they needed the protection. They needed the covering. They needed somebody to take care of them. So we have to be a church that fights for the rights of those that don't have a voice. We have to use our ability. We have to use our numbers. We have to use what God is blessing us here with to challenge the status quo in areas where there is not equal access, which means we get to knock on the mayor's door, which means we get to have conversations with our aldermen, which means that as we put programs in place, we go to them and expect them to support it. Because we're out here doing work that should align with what you said you want to do, which should, if we do this well, we should bring your crime rates down. Should bring your education systems up. We do this well. We should be able to get businesses started. We should be able to see children reading well by the fourth grade if we do this well. <laughs> <laughs>